Lake Elam Nation, greetings to you. Hope all is well with you. I hope you are smiling on this Wednesday night like I am. I'm smiling because it's Wednesday Night Live here at Lake Elam. And we get excited about Wednesday Night Live. So come on, let's make some noise for God in this place. Let me see some hearts because we are still alive. So we ought to get excited about being alive. Man, just want to go over you house sweeping things. Um, let's not forget about the Underwood family, those who want to bring the items. We have a box out in the foyer. We're here now, or if you can't come now, you're more than welcome to come Sunday morning. And I'm excited about what God is doing in our life and what God is doing in your life. I believe, I just told them during the prayer service, I believe that you need to start preparing for what God is preparing you for because greater is on the other side of this. Man, we got a special treat. One of our uh, pastors here, uh, 
Mr. Harvey, Pastor Harvey, um, he's pastor over our new members orientation. And he's going to be teaching Bible study for the month of June. I'm excited to hear the word that God has put in his heart for us. Amen. If you would do me a favor, if you would just take time out to share. Amen. If you would take time out to share, if you would say hello, want you guys to know that I miss you and cannot wait to see you. Amen. At this time, we're going to allow Minister Harvey to come. At this time, we're thankful and grateful for him. Amen. I want to thank the pastor for allowing me to stand before you on this day. Uh, there is a word from God. Before we get started, I just want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you right now, oh God, for this word, God, that you have sanctified and ordained for this season. God, we ask that you bless it, God, that you use it for the uplifting of your kingdom. God, prepare the hearts and mind and soul for this word, oh God. And God, prepare me, God, that I may speak in your wisdom. In the mighty name of Jesus Amen. The, the, the word for today is the three T's to godly, building godly character. Three T's to building godly character. And we're going to start out in James chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 2 through 18. And we, we're going to talk about that thing we don't really want to talk about. We're going to talk about how to endure trials, how to endure tests, and how to endure temptations. Amen, amen. So uh, there, there's, there's some things that I must get out there. I, I want to define character, that word character. Character is a mental and moral quality distinct to an individual. Characteristic is a feature or quality belonging typically to a person or place or thing to serve to identify it. So when I talk about having godly character, it's not only what you say, but it's also what you display. So we got, we got a lot of people who are talented, who are smart, but our, the attribute they really need is character. That's the first thing we should do when we looking for someone to put in a position or authority, we got to see if they have godly character. And I, th I think a lot of times we, we, we mess up because they can preach and they can hoop, they can holler, they can sing, but it don't mean nothing if you don't have godly character. So I, I just want to read one of my favorite uh, authors, John Revere, what he said about this word character, he said, men in scripture and throughout history has fallen as resorting, as a result of attaining success without first achieving the character to handle it. So basically we are putting these people in position of authority without knowing they have the character to handle the elevation. 
Character is built in secret and displayed in public. It's displayed when we, we have everything God has given or when we are in some type of fire or when we're in some type of trial or tribulation. If you really want to know what's on the tree, just shake the tree. And so we're talking about this thing, character, character. And so, so, so if I can get somebody to, in order to tell me what they think a trial is, what we think trials are. I think trials are those things that test our faith. Uh, God allows things to happen in our lives to see just what we're made out of. And I have experienced that you're stronger than you think you are. Can, any, can anybody tell me what a test is? What a test is? Tests are a procedure intended to establish the quality, performance, or reliability of something, especially before it's taken into wide use. Basically, you want to make sure it works like it's supposed to work, that it works like advertised, before you put it into worldwide use. Basically, if me as a minister, I have to go through a trial sermon, and, then, and before the, the pastor put his ordination on me, he's going to look back and he's going to test me. He's going to see if I'm studying the Bible. He's going to see if I'm meeting, or coming to meetings. He's going to see I'm involved in the ministry. So before he put me out there, he got to test me to make sure I'm who I am. So I want you to understand that trials, temptations, and test the differences between the, the three. God used trials and tests and temptations for his good. Now, I know y'all looking at me funny and said the Bible said God never tempts. I say he uses it for his good. You got to understand that the different origins of trials and temptation, trial, uh, temptation and test. One is ordained by God. One is a trap of the enemy. But both has to pass through the hands of God. And if you don't believe that, talk to Job. Talk to Job. Job will tell you that Everything that happened passed through the hands of God, even though it came from Satan. Faith that is not tested can't be trusted. Faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. Amen. So we're going to talk about the three T's. To building godly characters. So if I, if I can get a reader to, to read James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy. Stop right there. <laughs> the first thing of this text 
Before he go in anything, we're talking, the, the person who's talking here is the half-brother of Jesus. He knows a thing or two about suffering and trial because he saw his big brother go through it. He knows a little bit of something about trials, temptations, and tests because he saw his brother do it. And the first thing he did is said, count it all joy. Now, how many of you woke up this morning and said, God, I thank you for the trials that's going to happen to me this morning. I'm just going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to dance and I'm going to praise God because there's some stuff that's going to come my way this morning. I don't know about y'all. I didn't wake up out of bed like that. But James, the half-brother of Jesus, is telling us the attitude we got to have when we're going through trial, tests, and temptation is joy. You won't make it without the attitude of joy. And I just want my brothers and sisters who are watching live on Facebook to understand it's not if you're going to go through, it's what are you going to do when you go through. And, and that's a difference between going through in the will of God and going through because of your disobedience. God used trials, tests, and temptation to perform you into the image of Christ. But don't get it misunderstood when you go through because you are sinning. When you are going through because you are disobedient. Because we know God operates on reaping and sowing. What you put in the ground got to come up out of the ground. But when you are in the will of God, God allows trials and temptation to give you those godly character that you need to handle life. Go ahead and continue. When ye fall into diverse temptations, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. First, James tells us that we got to count it joy. We got to count it joy. And, and, and what, that, what that really means is, when you are in the will of God and God allows you to go through some things and allows you to be tried and tested, you got the kind of joy because you know, just like Joseph, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. If God allows me to go through these things, it's for my good. Paul said, I glory in my infirmity because I glory in my firmity, I found the power of Christ. And that's why you have joy when you're going through. Because no matter what comes your way, you know that Jesus is going to be there right there with you. And so the text is telling us, count it all joy, it says when. And it said, if. It says, when you fall into various 
not just one, but all kinds of trials. Because this is why you're joyful. This is the teeth of this text. This is why you're joyful. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces a godly character called patience. Man, brother, teachers, we have to be tested to produce. Yes. Man, so we have to be tested to produce. So some things go through might not be by the hands of Satan. Some things we go through might be by the plan of God. And that's probably a big difference. Amen. Um, I just want to say that tests, trials, and temptations are just preparation for what God has for you. And the only way that you can get to what God has for you is if you pass your tests, your trials, Amen. and your temptation. There is something in that that you have to conquer. There's something in those tests, those trials, those temptations that you have to get, you have to get through so you can access what God has for you. Amen. There is no promise without preparation. Ask the Israelite when they, when God delivered them out of their hands of Pharaoh. God didn't take them directly from Egypt to the promised land. He took them from Egypt to the wilderness. And the one of the things that caught me that I, I, I skipped over, and I must admit, I skipped over when I was reading uh, Exodus in the wilderness. It does not say wilderness. It said the wilderness of sin. What that tell me is the stuff that I picked up in Egypt when I was in the world, when I was partying, when I was having a hallelujah shout time, when I was smoking and when I was drinking, when I was just doing my thing, the stuff that I picked up in the world, God don't want me to take that to my promised land. And so there is a difference between deliverance and development. And a lot of Christians don't understand that concept. In other words, there's a difference between salvation and sanctification. God delivers you and then he takes you through the trial, the tribulation to prepare you for what you are supposed to be doing. And so it says, testing of your faith produces a godly character called patience. But it didn't stop there. It said, but let patience have its perfect work that ye may be perfect and completely lacking nothing. So what that tells me is I want my next. If I want to be elevated, if I want what God has for me, I can't complain when God prepares me. A lot of times we, 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 we pray to God for these things or for these positions if we only understood what it took to get those things. Professor Harv, I always say, be careful asking God to bless you. Because throughout scripture, you will find before he releases his blessing, 
prepares them for it. And so uh, you don't want to go through no trials and tribulations. Don't ask God to bless you. Soon as you, soon God bless you, before he bless you, those trials and tribulations will come to prepare you. I, I, I know this is not one of those hallelujah uh, Bible study, but it is very uh, needed for the church because we, we want things now. We won't think, name it and claim it. God's just going to give it to me. God's just going to bless me. I, mean, I ain't got to work for it. Is this going to show up my door? I, I was telling a guy today, speaking uh, uh, Frank, that, you know, when you go from Airman to NCO, the NCO ferry comes and, and magically you know everything because you got to the next promotion. No, there has to be some preparation. You can't ask God to elevate you without mastering the level you're at right now. And the reason why some people are not being elevated because they haven't learned the, the lesson they were supposed to learn in this season. The reason why you go through the same season in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and you're probably going to go through it in 2021 is because you haven't learned the lesson of this season. The blessing is in the lesson. It's not the, the, the things you get. It's the, what did you learn while you was going through? What did you gain while you was going through? When you was going through that heartache and pain, did you learn how to pray? Did you learn how to worship? Did you learn how to appreciate God for the things that you give? What did you learn in that season? Pastor. It's going to be people come back to church same same attitude, same perception. Haven't learned nothing even in this. But they're going to miss out on the move of God. Because not only do you need to go through your battles, you need to grow through your battles. Amen. And, and you was preaching uh, this Sunday about David not what David was doing was preparing him for those battles. What David was doing in the field was preparing him to fight the giant. All the hell you're going through right now is only preparing you for your future battles. So, the question becomes, how do you exercise your faith? How do you exercise your faith? The only answer you can have there is to test it. If I, if I want to exercise and if I want to run a, a mile and a half in a certain time, I'm going to have to test my ability and I'm going to have to push past what I'm currently do, doing. If I want to get better, if I want to get in shape, I'm going to have to push past what I'm currently doing because obviously what I'm currently doing is not working. You can only elevate, I love Pastor because he always drops nuggets in my spirit. You can only elevate to what you're supposed to. You can only have patience until somebody tests your patience. 
You can only have godly love until somebody tests your love. You can only have joy when some situation comes and tests your joy. But we have Christians who don't want to go through nothing. But yet, they want everything. Right to piggyback off that point right there, I was actually watching a sermon yesterday, and it was a Tony Evans sermon, and he said, "Stop looking for a miracle if you don't want to commit." And that's what we all, you know, we as Christians sometimes want to be halfway in, halfway out, but we expect God to do everything we ask. Don't ask Him for it if you're not going to be fully committed. And the other thing he said was, "We can only have a relationship with God on His terms." We can't change the terms. You know what I mean? So if it's not on his terms, then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, so uh, verse number four says, but let patient have it work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If you want to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing, you're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations. You're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations. Any comments on verses 2 through 4 before we move on? All right, if I can get somebody to read verses 5 through 8. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbrighteth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Amen. Uh, it says, any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so after we unlock this text, that if you want to be, want your next and you want to elevate it, that you're gonna, God's going to prepare you for it. He's going to send some trials and tribulations your way. After you receive that, after you receive that in the spirit of joy, he says, if you don't understand the, the, the lesson of this season, ask God. So the question might not be, God, take me out of the season. The question might be, God, what should I learn in this season? Amen. Go ahead, Pastor. Wisdom is, is, is something a lot of people don't ask God for, but it is so powerful because wisdom is right up there with knowledge. For instance, if I read a book, how to put a motor in a car, I have the knowledge, but it doesn't mean I still know how to put that motor in the car. Wisdom will show me the work of how to do it, the experience, the work of how to do it. And see, we ask God stuff, and then it talks about wavering. Even in asking for wisdom, it tells you don't waver. And if you ask God for wisdom, believe he's going to give it to you. And if you believe he's going to give it to you, act like you got it. Amen. And that's what anything, if you ask God for a position, believe you got it and act like you, you already got it. And for instance, Harvey, before you become a pastor, you don't wait till you get the position. You start acting like one now. 
man. We got to get in a habit of not being so quick to ask God to take us out of the storm, but to ask God what was the purpose of the storm. If you if you are if everything good and bad passes through your head, if nothing can touch me without your approval and your authority, so if you allow it, and we say you are all knowledge, you are all powerful. You are everywhere at all times. If you allow it to pass through your hand, there has to be a purpose. That, 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 that it has to be a purpose if God allows it to for, for it me to for it happen to me. So so maybe the wise thing is not to ask God to take me out prematurely, like a cake in an oven, but at, God, why you put me in the oven in the first place? It is something I got to learn. It is something, a godly character that I, I don't display, that I don't know about. And don't doubt what God's answers. Because a lot of times we ask God these questions, why, why, why? And when he gives us the answer, we're like, oh, Lord. Oh, no, God, that, that can't be it. I, I can't be going through because of that. And I'm reminded of John and James when they asked Jesus to sit on his right and left. They said, Father, can we sit on your right and left? And God and Jesus said, you know what you're really asking me for? He said, do you really want to drink the cup that I drink? Do you really want to be baptized in the baptism I'm baptizing? He said, these things belong to those who have been prepared. James and John was asking Jesus to sit on his right and on his left and had no idea what it take to do those things. And a lot of times we ask God for these ministries. We ask God for the promotion on our job. And if God told us and, and pulled back the curtain and showed us all the stuff we got to go through to get those things, we would say, that's it, God, I don't want it, and walk away. tell you before God elevates you different devils you have to face um, I, when I tell you that Satan will throw everything at you because he know what God has for you and so it's easy to pray these things God I want this and want that but you better believe, you better know what you're asking God for. and Start preparing yourself for it. Because Satan is not going to allow God to bless you at a level that you're asking for and not try to rip you apart. Verse number six says, but let him ask in faith. And so when you ask for wisdom, when you ask for the reason why you're going through the things you got to learn when you got to be faithful whatever God tells me to do whatever he reveals to me you got to stand on it faith is not only that he will do it faith is also understanding that he'll do it in his time because a lot of times we believe God can do some things but we don't believe God can do it in our time and we get upset we put a timetable on God God by next year this time next year I'm going to be delivered from this and when you don't get delivered from that because God hasn't spoke that wisdom to you 
you get frustrated and say, God, you lied to me. When God didn't tell you, I didn't tell you when I was going to do it. I just told you I was going to do it. How long was it before he gave Joseph the, green, the, the dream that he was going to be elevated to the position he was going to be elevated to the fulfillment of that dream? He didn't show Joseph what he was going to go through to be elevated to the second most powerful man in Egypt. He just showed Joseph that he was going to be elevated. And I, I really believe that God would have showed Joseph all the stuff from the pit to the palace to the prison, from the pit to the prison to the palace, that all the stuff he had to go to at 17 years old, Joseph would have gave up. How many of you got visions? How many of you, God gave you vision a long time ago and still haven't come to pass? What if God showed you every step, every obstacle you had to go through to get to you to the point? Pastor, what if God would have showed you when you accept your calling that you was going to be the pastor of Lake Elam and all the stuff you had to go through at that moment, at that time, use the stuff you got to go through just to be the pastor of Lake Elam? So, some stuff high for us, yes, not from us. Because we're too immature to handle it. If, if God would have showed me all the pain, the tears, the rejection, the talk about, I had to go through just to get to where I'm at and then have to handle the folks I got to handle where I'm at. <laughs> no, God, that ain't for me. But watch this. When God has anointed you forward, can't nobody handle it like you can handle it. Uh, one, one had someone say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I know it's tough. I said, no, it's not. It rolls off my back like water rolls off a duck because God has already prepared me for this season. And what you have to understand, going through preparation is not easy. But once you get there, it become easy. Abraham going to Mount Moriah wasn't easy for him because he thought his son was a sacrificer. He didn't know. But when he got there and the ram was in the bush, it became easy for him. The process is not easy. But when you get there, the anointed make it easy for you. And watch this. It's harder to stay there than it is to get there. That's why you have to have the anointed to stay there. You know, yes, Minister Harvey, as we talk about this, come just click with me. See, we always think that the blessing is the end goal, is the, is the after, you know, when I get to my destination, we feel like that's the blessing. But really the blessing is the preparation. Because if you don't go through what God has laid out for you, you will never become who he was trying to get you to become. See, Joseph saw that his brother was going to bow in front of him. He didn't know how he was going to get there. God just gave him that vision. And God has gave a lot of us visions that we're going to be somewhere. But we cannot get caught up in the results. You can't get caught up in where he's taking you. Because if you get caught up in where he's taking you, you're going to lose faith and you're going to lose your focus. You got to stay steadfast and focus on what's in front of you. Amen. Like I said, the blessing is in the lesson. It's not that you went through. 
It's what did you learn while you was in the fire? It's not that you in the fire, but who did you gain while you was in the fire? All the stuff that I, I went through, and, I, and, it, and if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. But all the stuff that I went through, it was for my good. I didn't think it at the time, but it changed me into a better person. It changed me into a better Christian. It changed me into a better husband. It changed me into a better father. It changed me into a better son. All those hell that I went through were worth it because godly character. We, we love to quote the, the, the fruit of the spirit, but those things just don't grow without being cultivated. You got, you got to work on, sometimes you got to work on loving people who don't love you, who will spit in your face and they got the opportunity. Sometimes you wake up and you have to hold those tears back, but you, you got joy. That don't come instantly as soon as you confess Christ. There are some things that God's going to deliver you from right then and there, and that's going to be some things you're going to have to be developed through. And there are some things, and I'm telling you, there are some things in your life that has a hold on you that only pain can change. I want to comment on something. Um, Harvey, this is a great lesson um, on, in verse 6, where it's in that sea clause that for he that waveth is like a wave of the sea, drives with the wind, tossed. Verse 7, let not the man that think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Wavering in this, according to this text, it can hinder us from receiving. So what wavering is saying, God, I, I believe you're going to deliver me. I'm delivered. And then in a couple of hours, no, I don't feel like I'm delivered. So that's wavering. Yes, sir. Praying is not about what you feel. Praying is about what God say. And if I pray what God say, it don't matter how I feel, what, what God say have to come to pass regardless of how I feel. The sun may not felt like coming out, but because God said come out, it had to come out. And so it don't matter how you feel when you pray. If you pray the word, then the word would overtake how you feel. So what this scripture is saying is, that's why you have wisdom. Wisdom has nothing to do with how you feel. Wisdom, this wisdom is godly wisdom which interpret the word of God. And so when you pray the word of God, it has to come to pass. That's why when you get sick, you say, God, you said in Isaiah, by your stripes I'm healed. Thank you. Wisdom is not only knowing the word, wisdom is knowing how to use the Wisdom is how do I apply the word? I can quote scripture. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. I can quote all that all I want to, but if I don't know how to apply it to my life, if God doesn't give me the wisdom to take those texts and put it in my spirit that I can live it and show it with godly character, if I don't put that in my spirit and don't display it out, it doesn't do me anything. It does not do you any good to quote scriptures if you don't apply the wisdom of the scripture to your life. 
You can quote to you blue. If you don't put it in your spirit, it will not manifest. If you don't stand on the word of God, and the pastor talking about that, 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 that wins like, like being dumb and mighty. So one day I got joy, and then the next day I'm sad. And one day I'm, I say I'm blessed, and the next day I'm stressing out. One day I believe God's going to bring me through. Now I'm doubting that God's going to bring me through. So when you ask for these things and God said, I'm going to do it like he told Sarah in a year time. I'm going to give you a child. And what's Sarah do? <laughs> God, you crazy. You know how old I am. Do you really, God? Don't you know how old I am? And how old my, my husband is? And you say in a year time, I'm going <laughs> to, oh, yeah, okay, God. But God, even when we are not faithful to God, when God says it, it's bad. That she laughed in her spirit. As soon as I received it, she laughed. Sometimes you don't have to say it out loud. Spirit interprets what you say it out loud. And so cussing folks out in your mind is just, you might well go and cuss them out with your mouth. And that's, and, and see, those are the things. We have to watch because it plants seed. And, and, and so we have to understand you because who you are, God ain't going to allow you to get away with none of it. Godly character cannot be displayed only when it's convenient. I can't say I love people when it's convenient. When they look like me, act like me. Shout like me, clap like me, preach like me, pray like me. Godly love says, even when I don't agree with you, I still love you. Minister. Minister Marvin, you know, something about character is you cannot hide your character. Eventually, your true ways are going to show. You can cover it up for a little while, but eventually when somebody say the right thing to you, who you really are is going to come out. I, I, I'm a little bit weary of people say I'm a little bit Peter and I'm a little bit Jesus. Either you all the way Jesus or you all the way Peter. <laughs> I might bless you with one side of my lip and cuss you out the next minute. We got to work on this thing, godly character. Godly character is displayed not when things are going good. Godly character is displayed when things are not going your way. And like I tell people all the time, if you ever want to know what's on somebody's tree, shake the tree. You can't tell me you're an orange tree and when I shake it, apples come down. You can quote scripture to you blue. If you tell me you're an orange tree and I shake it and apples come down, you are an apple tree. Um, our problem in society is that 
a lot of people confess Christ don't have Christ-like character. And sometimes you can see stuff for so long that if you're not careful, it becomes normal to you. And we have watered down the truth. But the truth of God is going to stand if we accept it or not. And it's, they got a thing where that's her truth, that's his truth. No, 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 no. Yep. It is the, is the truth or a lie. I don't have no truth. You don't have no truth. It's either the truth or a lie. And we have to get back to making it that plain and simple. And it don't matter what side of the fence you're on, we got to get back to saying wrong is wrong and right is right. Because you're on my team, that doesn't mean you can't be wrong and I can't be wrong. And we're living in a society where no one wants to stand with true character of Christ. But everybody wants to confess God. And notice how politicians, when, when, it, when it get time to run, they come, they so holy, then. Yes. Start quoting scripture. But, but, but this has to be a life journey. And if you wasn't holy, before you decide to run for an office, don't come telling me you're holding now while you're running. We, we, we got to understand that we are not perfect. And I can't say that I display all the God's character. But as a Christian, my minimal is to acknowledge that I, I don't have certain things. I tell the pastor all the time, Pastor, I'm working on my patience. That's, I, I, I have a problem. I, 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 my, I have a problem with patience. And what God does is every time he wants to do something in my life, he don't give it to me on the first, the second, or the third try. He said, you got a problem with patience? Let me help you exercise your patience. If you have a problem with loving people, God's going to send someone that gets on your last nerves to help you exercise that character called love. And so we have to acknowledge that what we are lacking in the spirit and allow God to work it out the way he wanted it to work out. Not the way you envisioned it was going to work. Any comments on that? Somebody read verses 9 and 11, 9 through 11. But let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because at the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perishes. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. So the thing you put your emphasis on, the thing that you put your glory on, if it's not in something that is in the spirit of God, if it's a material thing, eventually those things are not going to sustain you. You can have all the money in the world and still be sad. 
in the press. You can have people around you 24-7 and still be lonely. So you got to put your trust not in the material things, but you got to put your trust in spiritual, godly spiritual things. If you notice the text, it said it, it, it fades away, not take it away. So phase away, that means it's going to be a process. Yep. And, 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 and see, sometimes the process is so slow. It's like, you can put me up, but if, you drop, if I can drop down fast, I know I, I, I done failed. But if it's a slow process, I can fall so slow, I don't know I failed until I hit the bottom. And so that's what happens with a lot of people. Because it's faded away in the process, they don't pay attention to details. And by the time they, they pay attention to it, they didn't hit the bottom. Now they want to kill themselves. And now they want to go crazy and shoot up other folks and do all this stuff. But the problem is, God is telling you, material stuff will not sustain you. So why do we invest so much in looking good? Because we want to feel. We invest in stuff that are temporary, give us a, a temporary high and not sustain us. That's why I think that prosperity preaching is so enticing because it gives me a, a high. But when I come down from that high, I shout and I fall out on, on, on Sunday morning, I get home and, I, and that feeling, and I come down, I still don't have nothing that's going to sustain me. Oh, yes, I name it and claim it, and I, I sow my seed. But still, when I get home, I'm still lonely, broke, and depressed. But if I feed something in my spirit, I feed the word of God, and I get that in my spirit, even though I don't see myself out of the situation, I know that God is with me. And I know that he is faithful. The thing that he starts, he got to complete. If he tells me that I'm going to be at a certain point, and I know, and I got that word in my spirit, even when things come my way, I know God spoke it to me. He told me to go. He said it was going to come to pass. No matter what comes against me, I know I'm going to make it. And that's why you have joy, because you know God is right there every step of the way. Patient is not a time frame. Patient is an attitude. Patient is not a time frame. Patient is an attitude. It's an attitude, even though I don't see it now, I know God is going to work it out and it's going to work out for my good. It may not come this month. It may not come next month. It may not come this year. It may not come next year. But God spoke it to me and I'm going to stand on that word. Because the Bible said God is a man that he shall not lie. Neither son of man that he shall repent. If he spoke it, it's got to come to pass. So we always in a rush to get stuff. 
But have you ever noticed that you appreciate stuff more when you've waited longer? I know when I was younger, Christmas seemed like it just took forever. I would just be waiting and just waiting. And just those two weeks leading up to it just seemed like forever. But when I got up that morning and opened those presents, it just seemed like I appreciated it more because I had to wait so long. So sometimes we got to, we got to just appreciate that process and just wait it out because God has something prepared for us. Amen. It says in verse number 11, for as soon as the sun rise, burning the heat, as soon as a, God turns a fire up a little bit, the stuff you put your trust in is going to fade away. As soon as you send God send a storm your way, the stuff that you put yourself, people that put they, 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 they faith in their money, as soon as God shake the economy, guess what? They done lost all hope. So they put everything in their bank account. The people that put all their, hey, I got these, these many people who are following me. I got these many friends. And they put their trust in how many people around them. And soon those people stop hanging around them. What are they left with? But when God is with you, when you put your trust in God, Pastor said it pretty you said God is your responsibility now. You, you said you was going to take care of this. Any, any other comments? Just on that, that point you were just saying, I was reading in Psalms and it was talking about the tree planted by the water. And it was talking about how the water source coming, constantly coming into the tree. So it didn't matter whether it was a drought in the land or whatever, a storm, whatever was going on around that tree, it had that source anyway. So if we're planted next to God and we're uh, having faith in him for the source of everything we need, it doesn't matter what's going on. The, the economy could crash, we still have food on our tables, you know, things like that. We could lose our job, he's still going to make sure that we're taken care of and we might get a better job. So we just have to have that faith in God, no matter what. And as long as we're by that stream, by him, then we're going to be okay. Amen. I have, um, I have or asked God, God, I didn't say why I just can't live a life uh, comfortably knowing that you God. Why I have to go through this stuff? Really what makes your relationship God the more what you go through what makes you stronger if, if, if we had everything our way then some of us are messed up you have your head in the air you won't talk to nobody God knows that going through stuff it brings us closer to him and we have to change how we look at going through stuff. But James said, count it all joy. Yep. You fall in divers that were divers, I mean, many colors. You want to fall in different stuff. He said, but listen, you got to count it. Why would I have to count going through stuff, count it joy? I'll tell you what it's going to do for you. Your private battles do something for you that nobody else would understand. I'm, I'm about to close here, Ed. Next week, we're going to stay in this three T's to godly character.
for the month of June. We're going to talk about it. But the last thing I want to tell you, every time you go through something different, it shows a different aspect of God. For example, how do you know God is a healer if you've never been sick? How do you know he's a savior if you've never been lost? How do you know he's a provider if you've never been without? Every time God allows you to go through some stuff and he brings you out, you see a different side of who he is. You know, in Job, it says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And we have to trust. We know we hoop and holler and think God is God and he's our father and he's almighty. And if we believe all those things that we say about God, we have to believe and trust him and understand that he has our best interests at heart. And just like your parents, they have your best interests at heart, but sometimes you got to get a whooping. They don't whoop you because they want you to cry or they want you to, you know, to, to dislike them. They're whooping you because you did something wrong and you need to know you did something wrong. And the only way you're going to correct that action is by getting a whooping. So sometimes we just got to trust God and know that he is doing it for our good. This time I'm, I am done. We're going to pick up next week uh, in this same chapter. We're going to talk about the three P's. Tests, trials, and temptation to build in godly character. At this time, I'm turning over to our pastor for final comments. Amen. Come on, let's give Pastor Harvey a hand clap of praise. Let's give some hearts. Amen. Amen. What a lesson. What a lesson. Thank you for sharing on our Wednesday night live. Listen, we're going to transform our Bible study. Well, our Bible study is going to be crunk and crazy. Amen. So look for future things to come. Amen. Somebody type crunk and crazy. Amen. We're going to start singing some praise and worship in the future with the praise team once we get everything together. We just want Wednesday night to really be fire night and live. But I want to thank you for pressing and thank you for being faithful. Listen, I want to challenge all Lake Ela members. Continue to be faithful and support ministering and giving continue to listen online for Bible studies, Sunday school, and worship. Your spiritual growth is so important now. Don't get comfortable. You got to watch the trick of Satan. You will get so comfortable at home that you will no longer think you need the word of God. So listen, even though you're not coming to the church, make the word of God your priority. And when the doors open back up, it is important that you assemble back together. So don't allow the trick of Satan to cause you to miss the move of God. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus for your power, for your strength, for your grace. And we do like James tonight. We counted joy that we fell in some stuff. The Bible said when Joseph was in the pit, you was in there with him. So if we fall in, we fall in where your hand can be reached at. And so we thank you right now. I pray for every life, every marriage, every ministry, every person that's feeling guilty, that want to give up, that's a shame. I pray that spirit be removed and that God will release his anointing that breaks every yoke. In Jesus Christ's name, let every heart say amen.
Thank you. I love you. Bye-bye.